What is going on, everybody? My name is Stefan Coons, and I am the owner of Pursuit Health and Performance, and this is the Everyday Pursuit Podcast. Welcome. If you're watching this live in the Facebook group, um, definitely put a put a comment and, and do hashtag live so I know you're watching this live, or if you're watching on, on replay, hashtag replay. That way I know where you guys are coming from. Um, you know, today's episode, I, I thought really long and hard about, I, I have all these notes up on my computer over there um, that I'm going to read off of because I had I have so many good points on today's episode and I think it's going to open your eyes and I, I hope you leave after, you know, after this video and think a lot more of yourself and what you're capable of. And kind of today's subject is, you know, the three month workout split that I did to get on the cover of a magazine and get in my five page spread doing fitness modeling. And for me, I'm just going to be really transparent up front with you guys that like this was, I, I think like a one and done for me. Um, it was my goal for a long, long time. Like that I wanted to be like a fitness model way back when, like I had a good physique. I worked hard. I <clears throat> it was like a huge dream of mine. And, uh, after I actually achieved it, it was nothing that I thought it was going to be. Um, I'm still really proud of myself. And it was a catalyst to move forward and do more important things in my life. So don't worry. I'm going to tell you guys basically the exact split I did. So you can know what Stefan did to get super shredded. Um, it's actually, I've done this very similar split with one of my clients, Kyle, which I'll get into um, and he got super, super shredded. Like he probably could have done some fitness modeling. Um, good looking dude ripped six pack at the end. So, uh, and very similar build, just he's, he's a bigger guy, but like the build structure is similar. So I'll tell you, but I also want to go through a couple mindset things with you. So, uh, this was back in like 2000, I want to say 19. Okay. Um, I was in school, going to college, uh, ASU, Arizona State University for exercise science and business. I was in the middle of taking certifications. I just got a new job. I talked about this in my origin story a couple episodes ago. I uh, got a new job um, working at an anytime fitness, doing personal training there. And I went to uh, a thing in Scottsdale, Arizona called Fitposium. And I think this was a third year in a row. Uh, it was like, how to kind of like do your fitness business, almost like a group mastermind. And they were doing casting calls. And basically you just submit photos you had of yourself and your social media and all this to get published in a magazine. <clears throat> and I was selected, super surprised. Um, and the whole like getting into the process was honestly a very big cluster. Um, I felt like I wasn't communicated with. I felt like I didn't know when my shoot was going to be like, oh, it'll be soon. It'll be soon. Then it was delayed and delayed. So that's not how it usually goes. It's like, hey, you're shooting three months from now on this day. So you know how to prep and cut. Imagine somebody saying, hey, yeah, like in the summer, you're going to do a photo shoot. So you kind of get shredded for summer. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, yeah, it's going to be pushed out. Well, when? Well, we don't really know. We'll let you know. So I was kind of in this like diet shred point for a, like, I don't know, like six months. It was a really long time from when it ended to when I did the photo shoot. And I only had like, I think a few weeks notice. 
thank God I did a lot of the prep and I kind of knew it was coming, but uh, I didn't have as much prep as I would have. If you know, like bodybuilders that do IFBB pro or whatever, they're like, Hey, this, this is the show date next year. So they know when to do their bulk and their cut and their macros. It's very, very specific. So for me, I was basically, <clears throat> excuse me, stage ready. Um, I could have done a bodybuilding show and probably placed really high. Um, so it was, it was the same thing. Bodybuilding prep. I, yeah, I wasn't doing posing on stage, but as far as the dryness and physique I brought, I treated it just like the same and no, I've never done any stage work or bodybuilding stuff, but they're, you could imagine they would be similar. In fact, most people that do bodybuilding shows end up doing a photo shoot, shoot either right after or before, right? So that's when they do their photo shoots when they're the, the leanest. So, you know, I haven't done that, but I've done everything up to that point to do it, right? Um, so a couple of beliefs I want to break though. And, and if you look at my uh, Instagram or my Facebook, you'll see that I have some photos that I've used in Canva, but they're from my photo shoot. And I was like super shredded. I looked great. Um, one belief I want to break is a lot of people like, oh, well, you have to be on steroids to be that shredded. Well, let me tell you this. There are so many people that use performance enhancing drugs. Um, and it's starting to be at a younger age because of social media. And this isn't me bashing social media. This is just the, there's this like underlying will, like for for men specifically, women too, actually women steroid uh, abuse or like it may be not testosterone, but other things, performance enhancing drugs is rampant. There's a lot of women that I know that are in the fitness industry that use testosterone and steroids. So this is where I like kind of this, if you're a coach listening to this, this is where people get it wrong. I know coaches that make a million dollars a year in their business that don't have that great of physiques. I know coaches that look amazing, way better than me that maybe make $100,000 or $200,000 a year in their business. And they don't understand that your physique, yes, you have to look good, but it's not all uh, set on like you being successful. And <clears throat> I thought it was, that's why I was so gung ho on doing a fit. I'm like, if I could get in a magazine and if I could do this, like everybody will believe me and you'll see how shredded I got. And that's not how business works. And that was a hard lesson for me. Uh, but I digress. I mean, the steroid use is super rampant. Um, I've never used steroids. I will never use performance enhancing drugs. That's not something that I feel like I need to do. And I know I'm not going to look that good compared to the vast majority of people. I know what I look like when I'm on the cover of a magazine. I don't look like all year long. Now, there, there are some people that are natural that do that. Uh, and I had like a three-year stint in my life, four years, where I was super shredded. Um, and it was a good time, I guess, but I just don't, and I'm still in great shape, but I don't, I, I have different fitness goals right now. And I realized that me being super shredded doesn't make me a better coach. It doesn't make me a better leader or a business owner. And it doesn't make me actually more effective at helping people. In fact, for me personally, it, it, it pulls away because I, the things that I have to do to get super shredded just mean I'm spending that much more time in the gym, which means I have that less time with my family. And you might be like, wow, so Stefan's making this sound really morbid and there's no way I can ever get shredded. Trust me, there is. It's not that hard. But steroids are not the answer. I didn't do it. I, I have I know personally people that are natural that have a better physique than me. It takes a long time though, but you don't want to do steroids. Uh, we've had people in our program um, 
that used to do them. We've had people that I know just being in the fitness industry that have done them. And I just don't think it's worth the health risk. Uh, another thing <clears throat> I want to, I want to get out is you could, you can, you, yes, listening to this, you, not the other person, not, oh, he's talking to somebody else. No, you listening to this could get in amazing ripped shape, probably fitness model shape. And I think almost anybody, okay? Almost anybody. And you might think that's super far-fetched. I don't think so at all. Uh, it just is going to take longer, okay? And I was lifting for, I would say, a good 10 years before I could probably do like a solid <clears throat> photo shoot. Sorry, my cough, the allergies in, in Arizona. So it was probably 10 years since I could do like a super solid photo shoot. And that's a long time. And I also played sports my whole life and ate a lot more healthy than other people. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you have to believe that you can get there. The path might be different. The path might be longer, but it is an achievable goal, right? Uh, and the last thing, which this is more science-based, this might be helpful for you. The fitness industry... I, God, I, sometimes I hate it because we demonize cardio, uh, especially like the fitness trainers and gurus saying, uh, you don't need to do it. Like if you do a bunch of hit training or cardio, you know, you'll, you'll end up just eating the calories back. Okay. Let me step back. If you're trying to lose weight, it is way more effective scientifically and easier to reduce the calories you eat and put the fork down versus doing cardio to burn the calories. Yes, that is true. I agree with that. I'm not going to argue with that. However, there are metabolic things that happen within your body um, on a cellular level that burn more stored body fat when you incorporate cardio. So when I was doing my three-month split, I did a mix of, of, of HIIT training, uh, a little bit of steady state, and it was mostly lifting, but I can tell you right now, I'm not doing a lot of HIIT training and I'm not that shredded. If I started implementing two days a week of HIIT training, now I'm still lifting four days a week and doing mobility. Um, I'm going to be substantially leaner with the same amount of muscle mass. So, you know, it's not, it shouldn't be your main priority. You shouldn't be going to Orange Theory or F45 five days a week. But if you wanted to do it one day a week, would it be effective? Absolutely. Yep. A hundred percent. I'll argue that with anybody, anytime. Now, you still have to be good on your nutrition. And if you go and do these hit classes and you say, oh, every time I'm starving all day and I eat the calories back, well, then you're missing the mark. But I'm going to show you how I implemented it, okay? Um, so basically what I did is I found out that my training needed to be a 70-20-10, okay? And I was prepping for like six months. I know I have a, I'm, this episode is like, hey, three months split or whatever. But like that was... When I kind of knew they're like, hey, it's going to be around this date. That's when I started it. But either or, this is kind of how my training goes right now, unless I'm really heavily focused on mobility or recovering from an injury. Okay. I do a 70, 20, 10, right? So 70% is training, strength training, 20% is high intensity interval training. Um, sometimes it's sprinkled in and looks like functional bodybuilding, which I've done episodes on, but this is like a separate hit. And then 10% of the time is steady state cardio. So if you look at it, 30% of the time I'm doing cardio. Now, when I lift, okay, my lifting changes a little bit. I'm not lifting to be strong. I'm lifting to have hypertrophy, so muscle growth, and do a lot of supersets and high volume and short rest times. So my lifting sessions are pretty high intensity. 
Now, it's probably not beneficial for you listening to this unless you're a very advanced lifter, like I'm talking about six plus years consistently to train six days a week. It's not good for most people. That's how you get overuse injuries. Um, that's what happened to me, I think, in my back. Um, that's how like little crazy accidents. My, I guess my back wasn't an overuse. It was a freak accident because I was training such high volume that my central nervous system and my muscles couldn't keep up and something happened. And then I'm like, oh, I don't even understand why that happened. Looking back, now I realize. So I'm not, I'm not condoning this high volume. I'm just telling you what I did. Obviously, not everybody makes it to a cover of the magazine. So the only two people are natural people that train a lot of volume and very intense and very hard or people that still do that, but they also take performance enhancing drugs, which would be a lot easier, a lot easier for sure. Um, if I would have been taking like trend and D ball and a bunch of abusing tests and all this stuff, yes, I would have been that much more shredded and that much more jacked. Um, but again, like I, I value my health and, uh, working out is super mental based for me more than it is proving it. Like I've proved it. I've proved that I can, if I want to, I can get super shredded. It doesn't mean I just let myself go and live in the glory days where I go oh, back in high school. No, 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 no. Yeah. Back when I was fitness modeling, I was super shredded. I still look good now. I still have kind of like a four to a six pack. I'm okay. I'm a little bit stronger than I was. Um, I'm definitely a more flexible and mobile. I have more energy. I'm treating my body better with, with health. So that's the biggest thing you guys need to understand. And I would say anybody that has aesthetic goals, I would do this. I think HIIT training with like P90X and Orange Theory and all the group fitness classes, it's a cult. Um, honestly, it, it's kind of just like the kettlebell people or the yoga people. Like it's a, it's a group. And they're like, oh, I just love HIIT. HIIT's good and it makes you feel good mentally and you sweat and it's a hard class but it, you need to mix other things with it. You could even do a 50-50 if you want, which I had times in my life where I did that, but I like being a little more full and strong. And I think you look better aesthetically doing more of like a 70-30 um, than a 50-50, okay? That's like my sweet spot. The reason I do the steady state is because you do need time for your central nervous system to recover. So maybe if I wanna train six days a week, one of those days, I'm just walking on the treadmill for an hour, watching a movie. Um, yeah, it's at an incline. I'm kind of getting that, you know, I'm sweating, I'm getting the, the heart rate up, but it's not super intense because I need my nervous system to recover. So it's intense again. Okay. Another thing is nutrition is extremely important. So I, I know you guys have like probably heard this and you know that nutrition is important and you've heard me talk about it, but I cannot tell you how much difference it is like and I, and I know I made a post on this. Maybe I'll make another one by the time, you know, this comes out. Um, but I, there, there's a post I made where I was like tracking my pictures every day and I was, did, I changed nothing besides my nutrition and I did get a little smaller, but you just see me like slowly tighten up and tighten up and tighten up and tighten up. And that goes to show that nutrition plays a huge portion. And especially for you, if you're like, oh, I want to get really shredded this summer, I'm sorry, but it's never going to happen unless you probably track your food. And it's funny how avoidant people are in tracking their food and weighing out their stuff. I get it. It is not my favorite thing to do. But if you have a really specific goal that other people are not achieving, right? Like it's a hard goal to be super shredded and have a six pack. Uh, it might be even more difficult for you. I don't walk around with a six pack all year long and I do a lot of right things. 
nutritionally and exercise. Um, but I'm not like that shredded. So if you want to be that shredded, it takes next level stuff, which is why people abuse steroids because they're like, oh, wow, this is impossible to achieve. So they need to like, you know, cheat. And um, the only way that you can kind of not do that, right? And not cheat is to track your stuff. That's why people are like, I'll just do carnivore. I'll just do, I'll just do paleo because they want simplicity. They want these rules where they're like, well, I don't want to weigh it out. I don't want to measure it. So if I just eat like this, I don't have to do any of that. And they're looking for kind of the easiest route out. I would not suggest doing that. You're actually going to be able to eat more foods you like, balance your life and enjoy your life if you can track your food. Because that's what I did about two weeks out. Very easy. All I did is up my water intake, um, lower my salt. Well, there's, I'm not going to get into the whole like how to get on the cover of the magazine and, and do the cut. Uh, I might throw that in there, but it's, it's, you know, there's a whole like loading salt and loading some carbs a couple of weeks out to like flatten yourself out and like deplete yourself with carbs. And then you reduce your fat and up your carbs and then you fill yourself up. So at the time of the photo sheet shoot, you look dry, but you look full and big and it's not a temporary state. You don't walk around like that all the time. Okay. Unless you are doing performance enhancing drugs. So if you see the guys that are just always super ripped, they have big arms and huge veins. Yeah, they're on some stuff. Okay, just saying. Uh, most of them. Okay, there's 0.0001% of people that are jacked that have crazy genetics like that. But a lot of people will claim that they're natty and that's just not the reality. Which, you know, there's a lot of people that are open about their, their steroid or drug use. And um, I respect those people a lot more because, hey, you know, that it makes a big difference. It makes a huge difference. Um, but nutrition is super important. You know, you, you can have kind of like mediocre intensity in the gym if your nutrition's really good or right. This is the opposite. You could have very, very, very high intensity and crappy nutrition and still probably get pretty good results. Now I'm not saying when I say crappy nutrition, I'm talking about the types of foods you're eating and, and all this. And I'm going to give you a real life, life example. I have a buddy that does CrossFit. He is an absolute animal. This dude drinks every weekend. He eats fast food and he's ripped. He has a ripped six pack. He's a bigger, like thicker guy. Um, so he's not like super lean and shredded, like 7% body fat, but probably like 10%, very strong. And he trains, right? If you know anything about CrossFit, very, very high intensity. It's almost all hit training. I mean, he does some strength training, but even on those days, there's a little bit of hit involved. So you know, uh, that's the, another argument. People are like, well, cardio, you don't need to do it. And you just need to lift and watch your calories. Oh, okay. So go compete against a CrossFit person in any physical event. They're going to crush you. You know that, right? And they look just as good if you, as you, if not better. So I'm not saying uh, this is not me condoning CrossFit. I think there's a lot of wrong things with CrossFit, but this is me saying that those guys do cardio all the time. They're not eating at their muscle. They're totally fine. They're shredded. They're not doing a bunch of steady state cardio, right? Because that can make you smaller, like going for eight mile runs or 40 mile bike rides. I've been there for both ends. And yes, it does make you a little bit smaller. Uh, at, at some point, it's a law of diminishing returns. Like you'll get shredded and then you start losing muscle mass. But if you do heavy lifting and hit, usually you'll just get bigger, faster, stronger, and better cardio. And that's how they stay ripped, okay? So nutrition is important. Um, and then, you know, Going through this process back to like the fitness modeling, it, it made me like, it, it was the catapult. Remember I said it was a catalyst. This was the biggest thing. I understood that I was so much more capable of what I thought I was. 
I used to look on my phone at these like fitness model guys in, in while I was in the military and I was in really good shape. Then. Like my physique didn't change that much more. And I'm like, dude, like my, my body's like not that much different than these guys. Like maybe I could do it. And then this other voice in my head was like, Stefan, dude, you're in the military. You're married. You have a kid. Like you missed your chance. Dude, these guys are like single and they're living it. And like, they, you know, they have no responsibilities. They just get to work out all the time. Some of them I followed on social media and you know, they didn't have any, I'm not saying any responsibilities, but they didn't have like a family. They weren't in the military. And you know, I'm like, dude, you know what? You're that's not going to happen for you. I like to would tell myself that story. And I trained because I liked it and I felt good and I liked the way I look. And a lot of it was self-sabotage. I talked a lot about how I used to drink in the military and I, I, I want to be this really clear. I did not have a drinking problem. Um, I just did it, I think, for like fun, just like a lot of people. Like I have zero physical addiction or mental addiction to alcohol. But here's like the mental part that is kind of an addiction and most people don't identify this like I used it as an escape. And I think that is kind of an addiction. Like, no, I wasn't an alcoholic by any means. Like I can go six months without having a sip of alcohol if I want to. It's not, I, I don't because I, usually because I enjoy alcohol, but I don't drink how I used to. So I want to make that clear. But that being said, I did use alcohol as a crutch and I used it as a self-sabotaging tool because I knew that I did everything basically perfect. My rest was good. My recovery, besides my mobility, was good. My I, my nutrition was on point. I trained super hard in the gym. I was very consistent. But my one like weakness was alcohol. I go drink every weekend, and I wouldn't eat that great, or I'd have ten or twelve beers or something over the whole day, and I'd feel fat and bloated. And the only I had the muscle. The only thing I wasn't as lean. And the only reason I couldn't get that lean is because I was drinking. And it wasn't until I got out of the military, cut alcohol out of my diet completely for six months, did I do my first photo shoot, okay? And I knew that was the barrier holding me back, but I was so afraid of what would happen and success, and people do this, that I freaking self-sabotaged. And in hindsight's 2020, I didn't realize this till later. And that is kind of the crappy thing about, you know, when you're in the moment, I'm like, thought I was having fun. And yeah, some of it was. Some of it was me just like willing to have fun but I didn't know at that young age that like what would really make me happy. The memories of me drinking with my buddies. Yeah, some of it was kind of fun. I don't even remember all that now. Not because I got blacked out drunk, but like, oh dude, just another weekend. I definitely remember my photo shoots. I definitely remember starting this business. And, and when my clients text me and say, you know, you've transformed my life or there's, uh, I told the story to my coaches. There's one of our clients that I sent a side-by-side -side picture to him, big growing man started crying on the phone because his transformation, like that is super impactful for me. That will live with me the rest of my life. So if I would have known that this was going to be my life, I would have stopped it sooner. But it, it, it told me like doing that, making it on the magazine was a moment where I was like another moment. And I made a post on this too. I tell a lot of stories if you can't tell, um, where I was like, you can do anything. And I probably had five of those moments. You don't need a lot of them. Okay. Five moments that I know for a fact that I will be successful in basically anything that I do for the rest of my life. And each one of them's a tier. Okay. Like I was, I considered myself dumb, right? Uh, uh, academically when I was younger. And then I got some A's in my senior year and it was a little bit easier, but I was like, oh, okay, maybe you aren't dumb. And I started breaking those beliefs, the self sabotage. Then I went to college when I was in the Air Force. 
um, and took some side classes and I got A's and actual legitimate community college classes. And I was like, damn, Stefan, like you are freaking capable. And then when I got my degree in aerospace maintenance technology, my associates, which wasn't like a super hard to do when in the air force, but I was like, you are college educated by, by the way, none of my previous, I was the first Coons. That's my last name to go to college out of my dad's side. I think my mom's too. So I was a first generation college graduate. And I was like, dude, I never thought you were going to do this. Like I would have these conversations with myself. And that was the first belief. Then when I got out and I did my first photo shoot, I wasn't in a magazine. I actually paid the photographer to do it because it was marketing for me. I had really good photos. People loved them. And I was like, that was my next step of belief. Like, dude, you can cut out alcohol. You can get out the self-sabotage. You can commit to something. Then I started going to school and I got certification, more certifications. And I graduated from ASU. At, well, I guess my, my second thing was the fitness modeling, then the graduation, and then this business. So there's like tears. And guess what? Every accomplishment gets better. Every accomplishment gets bigger to me. And their beliefs and I imagine, I like talk to myself, I'm like, Stefan, what would it have looked like if you could have just believed, like I've, I've gone through like, let's say five tiers of belief. What happens if you could have just jumped to the fifth? Way back when, way back when, what if you would have just been at tier five? Like, I believe I can accomplish all this stuff. I don't think I would have had the self-sabotage. I don't think I would have like needed to accomplish all these things. And that's how life goes. Like I'm happy that I moved at the, the, the ladders. But the thing is, you got to get on a rung. You got to get on one freaking step of the ladder to catapult. Because the thing is, you could you could shout affirmations all day. I believe I can. I believe I can. But like, do you actually deep down inside? You're in a room alone by yourself. There's nobody around. You're having a conversation with yourself. Do you actually believe in yourself? For most people, no, you don't. You don't really believe. If you did believe, you would go do it. And so there's all this self doubt. And I want to tell you right now that that self-doubt, you will do things that you're not even aware of to purposefully sabotage. And I work with grown adults that are much older than me, some that are the same age and some that are younger all day long. I've worked with thousands of people in my career. And a lot of people say, well, I don't even know why. Like I do so good and I'm following the diet and then all of a sudden I fall off. I know why. It's called self-sabotage. Why do you do it? Now that might be for another episode, but there's something there. Most people are actually scared of success. What would it be like if I did this? If I ended up getting the body I want and I was confident, would I stay in this toxic relationship? Would I let my spouse continue to bash me and make me feel like crap about myself? Or would I have enough confidence to leave? But I don't want to leave because leaving's scary and I have my kids and blah, blah, blah. That's a real conversation in people's head. I've had these conversations with women before. And when we really get down to it, and, and men, when I really get down to it, they purposefully self-sabotage because they're afraid of the success. So you need to get past that and embrace what could be. Life is fun. Life is exciting, but only if you make it. When I was in the military, I loved serving my country, but I did not have an exciting life, which is why I wanted to go drink all the time because nothing else brought me excitement and joy. Me doing this podcast, 10 out of 10. I love it. I'm, I'm working and this is fun. A lot of adults can't say that. So I don't feel the need. It's not that I never drink, but I don't feel that same desire because I have things that bring me joy and I broke past those beliefs. Okay, so mindset thing you need to, you need to work on. Um, one of the things that, you know, I, I think you guys, 
kind of going into like the actual science behind it need to realize too, is like getting in amazing shape is going to be a lot more difficult than you think. So you always want to plan and give yourself a little grace. I just talked about this with, with my clients the other day. I said, you set clear boundaries with, with grace. And I've gone to like marriage counseling and counseling with my son and family stuff, because I really think mental health is super important and relationships are super important. And one of my counselors said, you need to have clear boundaries with your son, but also flexible. And that was a really hard thing. I'm like, what do you mean? Like if he's supposed to go to bed, he needs to listen to me and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I know this sounds weird, but like with the way your son is, it, it if he doesn't go to bed right at 830, is that going to kill you? And I'm like, no, but like he needs to listen. She's like, I agree. But what if we had flexible boundaries? And it's kind of the same thing where people make better decisions when they have more choices. And we know that people, we have laws and people break them all the time. I'm not saying laws should be flexible, but when it comes to your fitness journey, most people struggle with an all or nothing mindset, which means if they're not perfect, screw it. You might as well not do it. Right. And we see that all the time. Like I, why haven't you been to the gym in three months? Not one time. No, why not? Well, there's no point in starting because I don't have a plan and blah, blah, blah. What if you just went and you did random stuff? Don't you think that's better than nothing? Oh, well, yeah, it's better than nothing, but I don't know. I know why. Cause it's all or nothing. Like if I'm not, if I can't do it five days a week, I might as well not go. That is going to hurt you. So you want clear goals with flexible boundaries. So, Hey, I'm going to get in, I'm going to have a six pack and I want to do it within three to four months. Okay. Give yourself a window. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to hit my macros, um, you know, six to seven days a week, five to seven days a week. I'm going to work out four to five days a week, right? It's a small boundary. It's not one to five, right? Where you can either choose to be super lazy or, or whatever, but you're giving yourself like a, a window, because life happens and people give up so easy mentally when it comes to fitness. I don't know why. I don't know why. I never got it. Um, but like other people don't just like, if your boss yells at you one day, you don't come home and cry and just quit your job probably, right? You like tough it out. You might be at the same job you hate for 20 years. So if you can tough that out, you can tough this out. And it goes like this. If you, if you give yourself a window and you, and you hit within that window, great. You feel good. You have a little leniency. You're prepared for the worst, right? But hope for the best. And if you don't, if you said, hey, I'm going to go to the gym four to five days a week and you hit the gym three days, you're not going to beat yourself up. Now, if this is a regular reoccurrence, you need to address why. Why am I not hitting my boundary? What is it? And you solve it. But for most people, they'll hit three days and they'll go, oh, I failed, but, you know, and then the next week it gets in their head and the next week they only get two and the next week they get two and then they get one. And then at that point they're like, I've, I've, I've shot it. It's gone. I've, I've failed. This is terrible. And then they stop going to the gym. So don't be that person. Give yourself a little bit of time, set clear, clear boundaries. And that's what I did too. I sat there and I set very clear boundaries and here's kind of the meat and potatoes. Okay. Three months out. This is my exact split. This is the moment you've been waiting for. I would go to the gym Monday and Thursday and hit lower body. Now, I'm not recommending anybody do this. This is very high volume, but I would do five sets of 10 on, and this is what I did Monday and Thursday. I wanted to split them up because they were basically the exact same workout. I would do five sets of 10 on front squats or back squats, barbell back squats, barbell front squats, walking lunges, like each way. So five sets of 20 or step back reverse lunges. Um, leg extensions, leg curls, 
uh, calf races, abductions, and adductions. If you've done that workout, like that is so much volume on your legs. Um, I mean, it was brutal. It was brutal. And I got off of doing a lot of, uh, like hit training when I used to work at F45 and stuff. So my leg endurance and leg volume was very good. I could actually handle that. I wasn't that sore, but my muscles could handle it. My mind could handle it. But later on, I end up getting some injuries and I just think it was too much volume on my joints. So that's a lot. Then, uh, on two, on Tuesdays and Fridays, I would do a push pull. Uh, basically I would do like it. Most of my stuff was in the five sets of 10. So like higher volume hypertrophy, I do like incline dumbbell, incline bench, um, dumbbell incline chest supported rows. I would do lap pull downs. Then I would do weighted pull-ups with like uh, slow descent and isolated. Uh, I would do um, like seated uh, incline single arm curls, usually like four sets of 12, some of the auxiliary stuff. Uh, I would do single arm like tape presses, so like a sideline tricep press, usually four sets of 12, just alternating. That's each arm. Um, and then I would do a lot of like body weight stuff, bear crawls, things like that. So I do that two days a week. And then usually one day a week, I would do auxiliary and core, which would be my, or shoulders, auxiliary and core. So like abduction, adduction, shoulder press, um, a lot of like kettlebell stuff with my shoulders, windmills, handstands. So I put some calisthenic stuff in there too. Um, I would do a ton of abs Usually at the end of every workout, three days a week, I would do max like three sets of hanging leg raises, like toe to bars, strict, not like CrossFitters with this big kip. I would do ab wheel, which the ab wheel is the goat if you want really good abs. Do like, you know, around 50 reps a day, three days a week. You'll, have, I mean, that thing is amazing. It's $10 on Amazon. Go order one. Uh, you're welcome. So <laughs> ab wheel was, was super helpful. I would do like, um, side bends and farmer walks to get my obliques and the side of my core. And I do that one day a week in the morning. I would also do uh, steady state cardio. And then on one of those days, usually the upper body day, I would go and do hit training. Now the five sets of 10 was like, as soon as I wasn't out of breath, I went again. And I superset a lot of things like on the, on the lower body, not really. Cause it's like all the same muscle group, but on the push pull day, everything was supersetted. So if I did a set of curls, I was doing triceps right after that. So I had very little rest. So I'd say most of my days were an eight or nine intensity, some days at 10, like really, really, really challenging. Um, I also went to the gym at five 30 in the morning because I had to go to the gym for about an hour and a half, go back, shower and eat, and then drive from North Scottsdale all the way to downtown Phoenix to go to school and then drive back and work and then do homework and sometimes train train a second time, but usually just like cardio and mobility. So six days a week, about 90 minutes a day. Sometimes I would do an extra 30 minute session. And I did that for three months straight. Um, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was, it was definitely very challenging. And at this point in my lifting career, man, I've already been lifting for like oh man, I don't know. Let's see, like 12. No, longer than that, man. Nine, yeah, 10, 11 or 12 years. So I'm not going to have a huge change in my physique. 
I, I tried to do as much as I could in three months. I did think I became a lot more shredded and stuff like that. Another thing to tell you about that is at the time of my photo shoot, I know I looked great and I did look great. And it's not a lot of people like, oh, you're like Photoshop. No, that's how I looked. I have video of it. So I, you know, uh, a lot of like, I remember showing my mom, she's like, oh, like, is this Photoshop? I'm like, no, I was that shredded. Uh, like, yes, I had a spray tan. Yes, it's good lighting. That matters. But the day after, we are a couple of weeks after we went to Vegas and I saw pictures and I was like, dang, Steph, yeah, super shredded. I'm not usually a lean guy, um, but I felt proud. I felt proud of the work I did. Now I have these like reoccurring injuries and some things going on and I just exacerbated them by doing all this high volume and it really didn't help me, which is why now I'm focused on strength and mobility and feeling better more than just looking at an ideal physique. And uh, I said in the beginning, like a lot of fitness coaches get this wrong and I completely agree. They think that it needs to be this thing where they're like, oh, well, I, look at me, look at me. Yeah, that matters. But I think I'm a better coach than a lot of people that are super shredded that don't know what they're doing. And I know coaches, like I said, that aren't in, I would not consider them in that great of shape that are amazing coaches and get people really good results. And if you're hiring somebody, that's who you want, Right. Because I know IFBB pro people that go, oh, this is what I did to get in shape. Here you go. Remember that routine I just told you? Don't go do that. What I did, don't go do that. That is too much volume for anybody. Um, I actually watched this ad the other day. Um, and this guy was like, oh, this is the rocks training, blah, blah, blah. And this dude's doing like, you know, so much more volume than I did. And if you look at the rock, he's always freaking injured. He's always injured. He always is has an injury going on. Yeah, he does way too much volume. He probably has a really lack of mobility. Um, he's having to use the belt squat. He can't even load weight on his spine. And yeah, he looks good, but like this dude is jacked up. And think about it. He's a multi-multi-millionaire, if not a billionaire, um, from all the things he's done. And he still can't like buy himself a new body. Like he's going to deal with that pain. And as he gets older, he's just going to become more decrepit, Right. So I just don't want that. I don't want that. I want to be like going on hikes and doing things and playing with my grandkids when I'm 75, 85, if I'm still alive. I don't want to be broken. And I work in the past with a lot of the elderly community that was all jacked up. So you don't want that. Um, so nutritionally, I'll go to, to my nutrition. To my nutrition, it was actually not really super complicated. I had about one gram uh, per pound of lean body weight. Um, of my desired lean body weight, which I think was about 175 pounds. So 175 grams a day, again, leeway to like 185. My carbs were about 220 grams a day. And my fats were like 85 to hundred grams a day. Um, the biggest advice I have for anybody that wants to stay lean, like year around is save your carbs for close to your workout. So I'm going to work out at 11 at eight o'clock. I ate some eggs and like a high protein but I had a bowl of oatmeal. I usually don't have a lot of like grains and breads and things like that, but I saved it for two to three hours before my workout. So it's processed. I use it during my training. And then after my training, I have some of my biggest carb meal. Now it doesn't mean that I don't have carbs throughout the rest of the day, but like that's where most of your carbs should be able to come in because you really only need carbohydrates to get through. Now, yes, your, your brain runs off of glucose, which are carbs, but you only need the carbs um, like, to, to, to get through the workout and to do the intensity and then for the recovery. So next time you work out, then you're, you're good. And it helps transport the protein and recover you. So 
before your workout, like two to three hours, pretty big carb meal. I don't know, roughly 40 to 50 grams. And then, um, right after your workout, anywhere from like 50 to 80 grams is, is, and if you do it right, if you have a big meal after your workout, you stay full for like four or five, maybe even six hours. You don't need a bunch of other stuff, especially if you're eating protein with that. Um, another recommendation like that I realized was protein and water will save you. I had days like leading up to the photo shoot where I was hungry and I just eat protein. And if you've ever done keto, right. Or anything like really low carb, it, you can't really eat overeat on protein. Like you can, but you're not going to get fat from it because it's an anabolic macronutrient and your body can't really use it as energy. It can really only effectively use carbohydrates and fat. So you can kind of like, if you're lower on your carbs and lower on your fats, you could basically eat all the protein you want. So sometimes I'd be really hungry and no, I wouldn't feel like it, but I'd eat some more steak or some more chicken with some mustard. So really, really low carb, no carbs and protein. And then I just drink water. And no, it's not the most appetizing thing, but it would help me stay super full. And again, this is not a forever thing. It's to get shredded. It's for an event. So if you have something coming up, um, and we've had that clients go, oh, I have a cruise coming up. I have a wedding. I have this. What do I do for the next 30 days? And I'm not big on like crash dieting, but it's good to teach. We teach our clients like how to get in the shape they want to implement it. Because if you told me, Stefan, you're going on a cruise in 30 days, watch out. I'm about to get shredded. And I, and I want to do, I'm not doing that all year long, but I want, I want the knowledge to be able to say, oh, I have this event coming up. Okay. And I'm not doing a cut every single event but I've never been on a cruise. So this is a once, you know, once every couple of years thing. Yes, I'm going to look good for it in pictures. So yes, I'm going to do it. I mean, most people would want to do that, but if you don't have the knowledge, then what? And that kind of brings me to this. Like we, one of my clients, Kyle, I think I might've mentioned him at the beginning of this, but uh, yeah, I did. So he got super, super shredded. Like this dude could have done a fitness modeling. Like actually one of, one of the coaches that I work with in a different company commented and was like, dude, this is an awesome transformation. Um, he looked great. And the thing is it, it, this was like almost a year transformation. He had like a gut, definitely like a chubby kind of dad bod to like a rip six pack. So it, it took some time. But the thing is Kyle basically did what I did just less volume. Okay. Same type of workouts where it was like 70% weight training, pretty high intensity, low rest, super setting a lot. Um, had like one day of hit in there, maybe one or two days of steady state. He was only training five to six days a week. If it was creeping on the six days, it wasn't just six days of lifting. It was other things, cardio, mobility, right? So you can have an active recovery day, which was his six, which was steady state cardio, really light, right? It was a little bit longer, but his nervous system and his muscles could kind of recover. And then um, mobility. So as long as you're not doing like very intensive mobility, like end range strengthening and FRC and stuff that is like an actual workout. This was more like yoga mobility. So that's what he did. And he didn't do it the whole time. He kind of cycled on. I took him through some other phases, but as soon as he's like, Hey, Stefan, I want to dial it in. Now as a coach, I'm not giving him the exact thing I did. That's such a newbie move from coaches. Oh, that's what I did. Do this. It's, it's getting to know your client over the time and saying, all right, can Kyle take this much volume? Okay, he's kind of been doing this. We'll add this. Let me know how it goes. And the way that we do our coaching is ex extremely collaborative. Like our clients get to rate their workouts on a scale of one to 10. Um, they, every workout we get to see, they get to have comments, all this stuff. So we're getting this like real life feedback. So I know when to push 
I went to pull and I know his body fat and his muscle mass and everything. So he is a science experiment and I am the scientist, the exercise scientist. And I know what to push and pull and what to do because I've been doing this a long time. And so don't think I'm just like saying, oh, go ahead and do this. That's why I said, don't go do the workout I did. Really, really high volume, right? Especially for three months straight with like no time, like no deload weeks, nothing. Yeah, it was brutal. And I got really strong and thank God I didn't get injured during that time, but I got injured very closely after, which I'm just going to throw this in here just to let you guys know. The body works really well at protecting itself when it knows it needs to protect itself. But then as soon as it's relaxed and it knows it's away from danger, all the injuries happen. And, uh, or, or like you get sick, right? If you're like in an intense battle, your body can't get sick. But as soon as you get home, you get violently sick. Why? Because your body is smart and it's like, Hey, you're in a lot of stress right now. This would be a bad time to get sick but then it lets down its guard. It kind of relaxes it's called negative feedback loop. Cause once we go here, we have to go down here, right? We do this opposite thing. And so your body lets down its guard. And that's probably part of the reason that I got injured so much volume, so much volume, so much volume did the photo shoot very shortly after that. I think it was like a month after that, less than that. Um, I got injured coincidence, maybe, but I think my body was like, you've been going hard for so long. We're backing off. And then the injury happened. So you don't, you don't want that. So I make sure that, you know, I don't want my clients getting injured. And, uh, you know, Kyle did this with two little kids. He did it with two little kids, two twin, uh, daughters, I believe, uh, a, a wife. He is working full time as a medical sales rep and travels and is crushing it in his business and very busy. And he did it. Okay. So if he could do it, you could do it. And we have another client, Eliza, which has four kids is a car salesman. He's actually a, a friend of mine from high school. And this dude was like, he, he was in decent shape, but I'm talking like shredded six pack could have done some fitness modeling. Like these guys have had these awesome transformations and all he really did is have to learn about his nutrition, right? Cause that's a big portion. He implemented kind of the same stuff, but guess what? His like hit training was basketball. He loved playing basketball. So you'd go run some games with guys on open hoops and play for like an hour, which is hit training. Then he would do a little bit of steady state one day a week and four to five days a week he would lift. It just is, you got to be patient, but we've done it. I mean, those are just two examples, but we've done this kind of like 70, 20, 10 with so many people. And it's a good balance because you're not leaving any stone unturned. Will the progress be slower? Sometimes. Yeah. Right. If all your area or all your energy is focused in one area, that area is going to be better. But that means you're also leaving other areas not touched at all. And I learned from my fitness journey, basically doing only one thing for the first eight years, which was lifting to be strong and aesthetic, that my mobility sucked, my flexibility sucked, my cardio sucked. And then I started getting injured and realizing that I wasn't as healthy as I thought I was, even though I looked good. So I was leaving all these stones unturned. So with our Clients, yes, I want to work on their primary goal, but you should want it all. And I'll be completely honest with you, a little bit of a secret. I think the 70-20-10, not only is it more sustainable, so long-term you look better. Okay, that's number one. But number two, I think it'll just look better anyways. Because I know people that just lift and they're like missing, they're missing like the, the like hard shredded like look that everybody's looking for the steroid look. I'm not saying that jacked or that shredded. 
But like, I will always say that CrossFitters have some of the nicest physiques and it's not super complicated. Like I'm not, I'm not saying that people that don't go to CrossFit can't have good physiques, but what I do and what I've done, and this is part of the reason I started this company, I looked at every good thing that people have done in the fitness industry. Oh, well, CrossFit does this really well. Oh, well, group fitness does this. Oh, the power lifters do this. And I've just combined it into my own style of training that we use for a lot of our clients. It's not overly complicated and it's not easy. It is not easy, but it is not complicated. And we know because we've done experiments with hundreds of people and had hundreds of transformations. Now, not everybody has got a super ripped six pack, okay? But most people are getting in pretty damn good shape, at least the best shape of their life because they have accountability. They have a plan that fits their schedule. They have a plan that fits their goals. They are have a progressive overload in their program as it like as they make progress and we're moving things so it's always like the right difficulty and it's hard to know how to do that on your own it is hard to know how to do that on your own and you know i, I don't expect you guys to because right now you might think well this you might think like it's unthinkable like I, i'll never be super shredded i've always been fat i've always been chubby i haven't worked out for 10 years blah 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 dude i've heard it all and i've transformed it all I have, I've heard every story and I think basically I've, I've helped almost every type of person make some type of transformation, some better than others, but we've had people have, have a hundred pounds lost in our program. We've had people that went from like a chubby dad bod to ripped and jacked. We've had women go to like postpartum. They felt like soft and they lost all their muscle and they didn't work out for a couple of years to like a really strong, capable mom that looks sexy in her dress on date night and feels super confident with her spouse and all that. So we, we've, we've had all the types of transformations. Um, and it just goes to show that like, even before my photo shoot guys, I had doubt. I thought that this was an unthinkable thing. Like I did, I was like, I, I'll never do that. I, I don't understand, I'm going to school, I'm doing all this, I'm so busy, I don't have time for that. And I'm telling you when I did it, when I, when I, when I stuck it out, it wasn't an overnight thing. You were, you heard me, right? Six months of training constantly, not even knowing when the photo shoot was going to be, but guess what? Before that, there was also like 10 years, 12 years of lifting. Okay. But besides that six continuous months of grinding, it was the best thing ever because it gave me confidence to do other things in the future that mean more. It does. It did a hundred percent. I, I viewed myself and this, I actually ended up getting a very high GPA and graduating at the top of my class and doing really well in college, which again, didn't think I could do 10 years ago. Hell no, I never thought I could do that. But this was just another catalyst in my last year of school where I'm like, okay, Stefan, you're a badass. You're a badass. You got on the cover of a magazine. You have a kid, you're going to school. You did these certifications. You're working part-time. You're trying to kind of do your own business thing. You're moving up. Like I just was doing so much and this isn't a, to boast and brag, but like I needed that. I needed not self-sabotage. I didn't need negative talk. I needed freaking wins, little or big. And then when I went to go get a job after college, when I got kicked out of the gym because they closed down and I went and got a job in a completely different field and industry that had nothing to do with fitness, I showed up to the interview and crushed it crushed it, crushed it, crushed it because I showed up with a 12 out of 10 confidence. And I'm like, dude, if you hire me in this position, I will, 
I will be amazing. I'm good at I'm good at everything I do. And I didn't say it like that. Okay. I'm not going to show up like a cocky jerk, but I'm like, you will not regret this decision. I even said, if I suck, fire me. If I give me a week, if I'm terrible after week one, fire me, no excuses. Like you could just call me up and just tell me to leave. And they're like, oh, dang. I'm like, yeah. A year later, when I did leave to go kind of start my own thing, this, they were like, oh, we're so sad to see you leave. You're so good. You're such an integral part of this company, blah, 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 blah. I already knew that. Why? How was I so confident? Because I feel like I can do anything. I feel like I can accomplish anything and it excites me for the future. I actually look forward to doing more things with this company, maybe other things in the future. And I feel like life has a lot in store for me, but I didn't used to feel like that. I used to feel like I was just going to stay at the same job and the same relationship, which I'm not because of my ex-wife and be just as unhappy and go and drink on the weekends, do the same thing. And the monotony scared the crap out of me and I didn't want it, but I didn't think I could do anything about it. And so if you feel like, you know, I can't do that. I can't get in this shape. I can't do that. Yes, you can. That's number one. And number two, you need to do it. Because if you can do it, which you can, but if you do do it, if you actually fall through and do it, I think it will be the catalyst for things that are so beyond your imagination of great in the future that you're going to look back and be like, that was it. That was it. When I, when I had a coach and I lost my 35, I lost 35 pounds, I became a new person or 40, 50 pounds and I had got the body I wanted. And if I could do that, I could do anything. And I got a better job and I got in a better relationship and I got, you know, like showed up for my kids different and I have a better relationship with them. Do you know how I know this? We do this every single week. We see people in our program doing literally this exact thing. I broke up with my, with my spouse or my boyfriend. It was super toxic relationship. I never had courage to do it before but now I know I'm more worthy. Congratulations. I had intimacy issues with my spouse and now I feel confident. So when I put on my lingerie or when we're doing it, it's way better and we have a better connection. Great. I wanted to leave this job forever, but I always felt low self-esteem. And finally, you know, I, I just felt like I was more worthy and I quit and got a way better job. I'm way happier now. It is not about just looking good. It is not about looking good naked and showing off your body. That's cool. I'm all down for it. That's fun. However, you doing something that you know that you, I mean, maybe you don't know you could do it, but you doing something that is a little bit scary and actually accomplishing it will be your catalyst for success. And I'm telling you, like each tier, each five tiers I did was huge. I've seen it with Kyle. I saw it with Eliza. I mean, like, dude, you don't understand. I've never, I've never really met somebody that's in very good physical shape that is super low confidence. Usually, most of these people are very confident in a lot of areas of their life. They are, right? There's a direct correlation, not necessarily causation, but there's a direct correlation most of the time. So you need to do something that's challenging. You can do it. You have to step up to the freaking plate. And I promise you, it, it, it's, it's a hard thing to do because you don't even know the things you're going to accomplish in the future once you accomplish this. But the only way you're going to do that is by doing this. All I can tell you is we've had proof. So my call to action is click the link in our bio, right? Um, it takes you to our landing page where you're going to see testimonials, transformations. Um, you're going to see live client interviews. I mean, everything that we could throw at you to say, we know what we're doing. 
we have the proof. We've helped transform 500 plus people. Um, we're training people all over right now. And guess what? When they're winning, it's not just necessarily their health. That's where it starts, but it goes everywhere else. It goes in every other area, every other area. And that's what, you know, getting in fitness modeling shape did for me. I'm like, damn, man, if I could do that, like I could do anything. Then I started this business, which has been relatively successful. And I'm like, if I could do that, man, I could do anything. And this is just a start. And it's gonna, I'm gonna keep doing that with the next thing and the next thing. And this is the cool thing. Every one of those things, the next one gets better. The next one gets better. So if you want that, if you want that life, go ahead, go to that page, check out our stuff. And there's a call, there's a uh, button that says book a free call, right? Or you could just comment below just the word call right now. You can comment the word call and I'll just DM you. I'm not going to blow you up in the comments. I'll just message you privately. And guess what? We can book a call. It's no pressure. I just want to see if we would be a good fit to help you. We're able to help a lot of people. And if you want to make your life better, if you want to get in fitness model shape, I'm going to help you do that. But if you just need a freaking transformation so your life starts to get better and you know that you're capable of no more and you know that you're not putting in the effort that you could be. And if you know that this is something where you're like, hey, look, I, I feel like I'm not living up to what I could be. You're not. That's why you feel like that. And you're going to keep feeling like that. And it's probably just going to get worse until you take action. So this, my call to action to you is get on a call with me. You have nothing to lose, right? If your life's already sucks, it's going to keep sucking. If you feel like you, you kind of just feel like this is the one area in your life you've been neglecting. Yeah, you probably have. So don't, don't sit there and wake up every day feeling like that. Wake up every day feeling like, oh, look, I, I'm on this. I have this stone and it's, it's clean and I'm good. And all my buckets of life are good now, or at least more balanced than they were. So I appreciate you guys. Um, thank you for tuning in and, uh, I'll talk to you next time.